James chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. We're going to knock out about five verses today and get lined up for chapter 4. So we're just going to read this straight through, and then we'll come back and work through it, of course. Um, you recall that the first part of James... Um, in this first part of James chapter 3, he begins with this warning for teachers. And it says, um, basically, you're going to be judged with greater strictness. And then he goes on to elaborate in the last few weeks, as we've seen, that, that we, all of us, but especially teachers, should be careful of the things we say. And we talked about the tongue last week. We can say things that bless or we can say things that destroy. Uh, so with that in mind, I, I did find this little quote, uh, which is a good transition to our passage today. Uh, it says, there are two kinds of cleverness, and both are priceless. One consists of thinking of a bright remark in time to say it. The other consists of thinking of it in time not to say it. Well, if we substitute the word wisdom for cleverness, I think James would agree with that. Uh, Wisdom being the ability to think of something smart uh, in time to say it or to not say it. And, of course, uh, the wisdom to uh, decide between those two things. So, beginning in verse 13, let's just review the whole passage. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts... Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Kind of a rhetorical question. Uh, calling out, uh, basically, do any of you think you're wise? James was saying, and it, again, we think that when you start to add up this whole chapter, you think he must be addressing some people who maybe were maybe a little arrogant, maybe a little, you know, uh, claiming to have more authority than, than maybe they really did, or, uh, or maybe there was a mismatch between uh, the volume of what they were saying versus the wisdom that was behind it, right? Um, uh, this word wise, sophos, uh, one commentator says, wise describes ones with, one with moral insight and skill in the practical issues of life, and understanding refers to intellectual perception and scientific acumen. So he says, who is wise and understanding? So wisdom plus knowledge, you know, who has that? Uh, we, all know, we all know the definition of a sophomore, right? What's the definition of a sophomore? Wise a wise fool. That 10th grader clearly, you know, is past that freshman year and thinks he knows, right? 
but doesn't quite understand uh, that what he knows is not really enough. A wise fool. So who do we think of as wise? Who do we think of as wise? Who's the classic person of wisdom in the Bible? Solomon. Solomon. You can't talk about wisdom without at least mentioning Solomon. And uh, it's worth uh, reviewing briefly his story, uh, which I'll read briefly. Or if you want to turn there, it's uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 7. I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles um, chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Chronicles 1, 7. I'll read it briefly. And that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to David my father and have made me king in this place. O Lord God, let your word to David my father be now fulfilled, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people, for who can govern this people of yours which is so great? God answered Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself yourself, that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like." So Solomon prays for wisdom. He's going to be leader of the people. Probably the wisest thing he did was ask for more wisdom. And shortly thereafter, um, uh, both uh, Second Chronicles and also in Kings, we hear of the great wealth that he was able to accumulate, the presumably great business deals he was able to put together. And uh, we know the, the classic... Uh, thing about wisdom is being able to decide and, and come up with a creative solution for uh, a thorny problem and we have that example as well you know the story it's I won't read it but uh, the two prostitutes who come before and uh, they both have had babies and and uh, but one has died and one woman stole the other one's baby and we know how this turns out where Solomon comes up with a, a creative way to uh, find out who the real mom is um, wisdom is is partially about applying um, uh, this wisdom to a situation that that may um, may be a dilemma. There may be competing uh, goals in mind. Um, I found a modern day example that I thought was pretty good. Uh, regarding a, um, a sentence that a, a judge pronounced. Uh, there's a story of a Philadelphia man who was convicted of holding up a taxi driver with a gun. And the sentencing guidelines called for two to five years in jail. But the facts of the case really didn't fit. The man used a toy gun. It was his first offense ever. He had just lost his job and he stole $50 to support his family. A wise judge gave him a shorter sentence, permission to hold a job outside of jail during the day so that he could take care of his family, and then, of course, required him to repay the $50. Um, So the judge kind of probably went outside the sentencing guidelines to come up with a a decision that was probably more appropriate um, for the crime. 
So James goes on to elaborate. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Elaborating on the challenge, who is wise and understanding, he says, show your wisdom by how you act. One commentator said, wisdom is not measured by degrees, but by deeds. It is not a matter of acquiring truth in lectures. <laughs> oh, that that were true. It is not a matter of acquiring truth in lectures, but of applying truth to life. The good life and deeds are best portrayed in the humility of wisdom or wise meekness. The truly wise man is humble. Now, this starts to echo some of the other themes that we've seen in James. Chapter 1, James says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Hearing the word and doing it. Here we have wisdom and understanding and he says let this be shown by the way you behave by your good conduct so this is this is one of those themes you know and when a, you know we always knew when a teacher starts saying the same thing over and over it was probably going to be on the test right it was probably going to be on the test it wasn't until after I got pretty far along that I realized the teachers really wanted us to do well on the test right <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize that at first. I thought they really didn't want us to do <laughs> well. Um, but they really wanted us to do well. They, they wanted to tell us what we really needed to know. And, and James is saying, here's what I really want you to know. I want someone who has wisdom and understanding, and I want it to be shown in the meekness of wisdom, in, in this, this humble nature. So there's the call, the challenge of James. Now, verses 14, 15, and 16 talk about what wisdom is not. It says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. Rather, it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So. Wisdom does not come from a jealous heart. Makes sense. Does not come from selfish ambition. Does not come with boasting. Does not come with lies. And you see this progression of badness, earthly, non-spiritual, demonic. Uh, the, the levels of which wisdom can be bad or, or the opposite of wisdom I guess so if you looked at what is the opposite of the things that are described what is that grace humility this wisdom that comes down from above um, someone is filled with concern for the other person um, giving grace to them spreading humility and truth verse 16 says bad advice is going to have bad consequences. I think we probably could appreciate that. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above, this is the second time he's used that phrase. We talked about what is not the wisdom that comes down from above. Now he says in verse 17, but the wisdom from above is and then we get a list there. 
And this list ends up in verse 18 with reference to a harvest of righteousness. So I think it just makes you think, you know, if, if the harvest or the fruit of wisdom is this list, it makes you think about the fruit of the Spirit, right? And um, I was actually trying to think of this last week when, and I totally lost my way. Uh, but let's go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 5. Look at that briefly. Galatians 5.22, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So we have this wonderful list of of things that should flow from someone who has a Spirit-controlled life. This is a big theme with Paul, and he puts it together in another way. If you turn over another book to Ephesians chapter 5, Looking at verse 15, here we have the work of the Spirit and wisdom very closely tied together in context. Verse 15, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time because the days are evil. Don't be foolish. Understand the will of the Lord. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but... Be filled with the Spirit. It's all about who is influencing you. What is influencing you? Uh, you don't want to be under the influence of strong drink. You want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. This affects how you walk, right? Galatians said, walk in the Spirit. Paul says, be careful, walk wisely. And that fits in very nicely with James saying, show me your wisdom by your conduct. Again, when the teacher starts telling you the same thing over and over, it's probably important. So, back to James, how do we get this wisdom from above? If we follow what clues we have from Paul there, it says we get it from the influence and the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had three years of his ministry. One-on-one, three years with this group of disciples. I hadn't really thought about it till just now. Uh, three years is the the smallest amount of time that a young doctor can spend in a residency program. It takes at least that long to get you halfway safe. Uh, and you know, when you start to get into specialties that require cutting on people, it takes more years, right? Because you need to be more safe. Three years Jesus had one-on-one with these disciples, but he said in John 16, it hasn't been enough time. There's still more that you need to know. So he says, introducing the Holy Spirit, here's what's going to happen. He says in John 16, 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. 
When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. The Holy Spirit is given in part to continue to teach us, to impart this way of wise walking, this way of wisdom to us. Do we have the Holy Spirit? Yes. When we're saved, do we immediately have all the wisdom that we're going to need in life? No. Um, do we need the Holy Spirit to grow this wisdom in us to, so that we can have this harvest of righteousness? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So let's look at what are these fruits of wisdom. What are the fruits of spirit-directed, spirit-taught, spirit-motivated wisdom? First, it says pure. Pure. What do you think of when you think of something being pure? What's the old, I don't even, do they still make ivory soap? What was the old claim of ivory soap? 99 and something, 44, 100 or something like that? There was a four in there somewhere. Of course, what they didn't say was pure lie, basically. I mean, it's not the most gentle soap, but yeah, it's soap. It's pure. Pure, not contaminated. In this case, not contaminated with self-interest, not contaminated with worldly influence. Uh, there's a purity with spirit-filled wisdom. It says, peaceable. Much of the, holy, the whole um, Old Testament has to do with this concept of peace, of shalom, this rich Hebrew word that we really don't appreciate as much probably as we should. Um, uh, a deep amount of peace um, that has elements of contentment and justice and uh, the type of peace that we talked a lot about in Isaiah that won't happen until God makes all things right with the world but godly wisdom is going to bring about shalom true peace now peace and being peaceable doesn't mean being spineless right sometimes peace takes a backbone to bring some people together to come up with a tough solution and not every not every piece of wisdom is going to be what you want to hear right um, there probably have been many churches who have glossed over things that should have been held to account and because they weren't they never got true peace they just got fake peace right What's next? Gentleness. Peaceable, gentle. Um, in, uh, I have to be careful with my references. In Galatians 6, there's a reference to helping someone who is caught in a sin. It says, uh, brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And the, the word picture there is for someone who is um, releasing maybe a bird or something from a net that would require a certain amount of dexterity and, and, and gentleness. But also it's the same word that was used for setting a bone, which might require some gentle force if those things don't sound like oxymorons. So gentleness, given 
wisdom that is given with care, taking into account the situation of the person, that, that wise judge who gave somewhat of a gentle uh, sentence, taking into account uh, that guy's situation, and likely the, the attitude of, of the person, I'm sure, was there as well. Gentle, open to reason. Open to reason. What do you think that means for wisdom to be open to reason? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's good. I think that's good. What else? I don't know that I have a, a better answer at all. I I, I agree with that. Um, you know, sometimes things are black and white. You know, is this sin or not sin? Sometimes solutions take some creativity, take some some openness to hear the situation. Um, charting a, a safe course through something might might require some nuance. Um, open to reason, open to listen. I came across this uh, rather wise little uh, verse. It says, a wise old owl sat in an oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Let's try to imitate that bird. Uh, open to reason, listening, really understanding the situation. Wisdom from above, pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. Full of mercy and good fruits. I think you could take this a lot of ways, but I think um, motivation of the person giving the wisdom comes into play here. Um, you're not looking to condemn necessarily um, there may be correction but your goal is to make the person better when they leave rather than feel worse right it's full of mercy and good fruits it's wanting something good to happen as a result of the wisdom that's being imparted and you could picture if James was really speaking against some people who were getting it wrong this would be an especially good piece of advice it, you know, you guys, you act like you know it all and, and the things you're saying are not helpful. They're destructive. That's not right. You need to be doing it so that there's mercy and, and good fruits result from the things that you say. Impartial. Impartial. Prejudice is an interesting thing. Uh I, I, I was reading a, a fascinating book uh, written by an economist, but it was about psychology. It's called Thinking Fast and Slow, and it has to do with how our brain works. And It's not a scientific book per se, but it does involve a lot of uh, science. But part of the, the book's focus is to show how easily we are biased and that we are especially biased in this way. When things are familiar, they seem right. When things are familiar, they seem right. We get comfortable with them simply because they're familiar. And they've done some fascinating studies, which I won't go into, that demonstrate this. But 
but we are easily influenced. And interestingly, other people are aware of the possibility of prejudice, and they may use that to decide whether or not they're going to believe us or not. You know, how free are we from bias? I had this just within the past month or so. I had a, a gal, I don't know if I shared this story here or not. Um, there's this gal who, um, she takes a blood pressure medicine. She's very proud of the fact that that's all she takes. That's great. I'm not one on medicine anyway. But she had some things that qualified her to take um, one of these statin cholesterol drugs, you know, to reduce your risk of heart attack and stroke. And she was not having it. She was not at all interested in that. She didn't want to hear all of my wonderful evidence. Uh, she just was not going to have it. So I just asked her, I said, well, well, why, why? You've never tried it. It's not that they made you feel bad in the past. I mean, why? And she said, well, it's because all those drug companies want y'all to prescribe those things. I don't trust these guidelines because all these drug companies. Well, I popped her bubble a little bit. I said, well, ma'am, I said, first of all, I said, I don't own any drug stock. I could have told her I don't own any stock, but I don't own any drug stock, individual <coughs> stocks anyway. And I said, furthermore, we haven't talked to a drug rep in nine years. We don't take samples. We don't take drug lunches. I said, I said, you don't even see pens and notepads on our table. I said, I use, a, I use plain paper and a plain clipboard. And she was shocked. And she said, well, okay. She didn't totally change her mind, but she, she changed what she thought of what I was saying because the prejudice that she assumed I had, I didn't have. Now, I might have other prejudices, but I didn't have that one. Wisdom should be impartial. Wrapping up, it says, should be sincere. Sincere. Uh, people know. If you care about them, they know if you love them. They know if you've got the right intentions, the right motivations. I don't, I mean... The essence of sincerity is that you can't fake it, right? I mean, if you're faking it, it's not sincerity. I, I don't know what, what else to say about that is that if you're gonna, if you're gonna be really for the person that you're talking to, if you're, if you're in the position to give some wisdom, um, just be sincere. And then what's the payoff? Verse 18, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Peace begets peace. A harvest of righteousness. All the fruits of godly wisdom, wisdom from above, wisdom that comes through the Holy Spirit. Uh, There's a certain amount of wisdom that you get just from living life, right? Um, there are people who have tons of book sense. Um, there are people who have lots of common sense. Uh, and uh, at various points in time, I, I'm sure every one of you has been in that position where you were the person that needed to give wisdom to a particular individual. And you know, those are, I mean, it's a real privilege, right? I mean, when somebody comes to you that way, 
um, it's definitely different from what I do in my work. That's 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 different. That's just kind of work. Um, but when people come to you and they open themselves to you and they're really asking for wisdom, it's we should tread humbly, of course. Um, and I think uh, that's what James is wanting these people he's writing to to say, y'all, this is a big deal. This is a big, you know, people are asking you things and don't abuse this privilege. Take care of it. Now, a couple things. It's important to stay the course, right? If you keep reading about Solomon, he didn't, he didn't stay the course, right? So being wise slash smart, whatever, doesn't make you immune from sin. Um, and that's where this walking with the Spirit is going to keep you out of other trouble. And then something I do have a good appreciation for is that sometimes the best advice I can give is to direct someone to more advice. In my world, we call it a second opinion or referring to a consultant. Um, I think that's wise. I mean, Proverbs says, a wise man is full of strength, a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can wage war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. There's, there's wisdom in getting more than one opinion, uh, especially when you're dealing with humans, which is our biggest problem. We deal with other humans. Um, wisdom, the fruits of wisdom. James has a lot to say about that, and it's all about, like he does, walk in the walk. Uh, any comments? Have you gotten a good piece of advice in the past that you want to share? Any stories where someone has asked you about advice? You don't want to brag, I know. Anything? It's a uh, it's an interesting um, and rich topic, and I, I don't know. Um, I, some of the commentators talked about it, but I had not really, you know, if somebody said, where's fruits of the Spirit? On most days, last week, notwithstanding, I would have known where the fruit of the Spirit was. But if somebody said, where's the list of the fruits of wisdom? I'm not sure I would have known where to go. And I've read James a bunch of times. But I thought this was a, a really good list, and um, I'm glad, glad you guys let me walk through it with you. Anything else? All right, let's close. Father, um, may you, through the Holy Spirit, uh, make us wise, make us uh, quick to hear, quick to learn, slow to speak, and, um, and uh, true to uh, your Holy Spirit in all the ways that we need to be. Uh, if you ever need us uh, uh, to give some of that wisdom from above. Uh, we thank you for your son through whom we can access all of these gifts. In his name I pray, amen.